Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to The Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for The Walking Dead on AMC. Can I even say that anymore? Can I even say that The Walking Dead is on AMC anymore? Uh, it's The Walking Dead universe now. Oh, you're right. This was it. Well, duh. <laughs> this was it, man. This is the final episode of The Walking Dead. I really, it still feels like a dream. I'm, I'm like sleepwalking through this whole thing. I don't understand how it could be coming to an end. After 12 plus years of this show, I don't know. I don't know. That's it. Feel, it's, it's called Rest in Peace. Do you feel like Kevin Garvey at the end of The Leftovers? Do you feel like Frodo at the end of Lord of mm-hmm. the Rings? Like it's finished? Are, are you are you at peace? Are you happy? Uh, are, you, are, you glad, are, you, are you sad it's over? Are you glad that it happened? All, all I know is uh, we're the ones who live. And, and we we survived The Walking Dead. We ain't The Walking Dead for sure. <laughs> we ain't them, yeah, for sure. I love it. I love it. There, uh, what? But for real, quit, quit. Uh, no cap, <laughs> as my son uh, says. What? What did you think of this uh, finale? I, Walking Dead died like it lived, which is like sometimes, occasionally good, mostly bad. Uh, good acting propped up, propping up like mediocre writing um, and undercut by poor directing. Uh, mm. I, I, I felt it felt like they hit a decent, a decent out on this. And mm. I don't feel cheated in any way. I mean, other than spending 12 years of my life talking about the show, hundreds of hours <laughs> talking about the show. Uh, I, I don't feel cheated by this finale. I feel like it delivered all the notes it needed to deliver. Didn't dwell too much on setting up spinoffs, which I actually I was surprised by. I, I thought they'd spend a lot more time with Daryl, like making making pleas to Carol to come with them, or Maggie and, and Negan little, like teaming up. On. Uh-huh. He's got a baguette and a beret. <laughs> come on, think I've of been the bread, on my, the cheese. My God, the cheese. <laughs> uh, it, it didn't spend any time doing that. I think they're they're kind of letting the shows that are going to be part of the Walking Dead universe in the future set all that stuff up. And I think that's a smart move. And they did not do it. There was a sure, sure. a good amount of setting that stuff up and setting those relationships up. But they felt, for the most part, paying off yes season long arcs that were probably written to, you know, that eye. But I, and series I long arcs. I mean, the Daryl yeah. and Carol arc has been going on sure. since season two. So season one. I, yeah. The entire show. 
And, and it felt like a nice, a, a really beautiful cap for that stuff and also setting up the spinoff, Daryl Dixon. Yeah, I think that you know, my man Daryl goes down has never been pinned down on an on-screen relationship. It's always been in the past, True. hinted at, but like he 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 fucking swerved. He curved Connie so hard at the end there. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, she bounced off his atmosphere and is lost in space now. He's even unencumbered by the relationship he had with Dog, who yeah. is nowhere to be found in this episode. <laughs> He is seen for two seconds, and they do mention that they're <gasps> going to keep. Yeah, yeah. They, what? There's a dog oh, sighting, and, and I think Judith mentioned that they're going to look after him while she's gone. Gone, but there, there's a lot okay. of yeah. The walk. This is a messy baby of an episode, but honestly, it yeah, paid yeah. off better than I thought. Like the last two weeks, I was really bracing for this being a total shit show of your princess is another castle. The show's actually going on on these other things, and 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 it's, it wasn't that, but it also I felt like it got. A pretty satisfying send-off, and I think what made it work is a crazy spectacular pyrotechnic mm-hmm. middle part of this episode that essentially finishes the definit- definitively all plots and all open questions and gives the people mm-hmm. what I really wanted to see, that end where they're all just kind of happy and peaceful and relaxed. Uh, there's, a, there's a thing that happened in the first third of this episode that I thought was going to be impossible to recover from. Like something so phenomenally stupid, the super mom sequence with Rosita that actually uh, yeah, I still yeah. feel that way about, but I felt like the yeah, show yeah. paid the iron price for it. Okay. Um, there I was also like, dude, this this show reduced me to tears at the end and I cannot explain it. I know I'm a big softy. I know I've dealt with a lot of like. I've dealt with some death in my recent past. If you don't know, uh, my my mother passed away just a few months ago. And last weekend, I went with my sister up to my dad's to help him plan his estate because we kind of got like, oh, shit, this is something that we weren't ready for. We need to kind of get ready for it. And I spent a lot of time about thinking about family and and the people that we've lost along the way. And maybe that. But I but the second time when I watched because I was watching this episode twice. The second time, I'm like, well, surely I got all that out of the system. No, the shit still hit me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the stuff with Rosita and uh, Eugene um, and just the fact that Rosita is kind of like Moses. She's she's going to die inside of the promised land. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. That just really got to me. Uh, so, like, it's crazy this stupid show was able to wring out this amount of emotion between that and, and Daryl and Judith and all that stuff. I was surprised at how kind of well it worked, even though it was doing it never stopped being the walking dead that I hate to. Oh, yeah. No, to the bitter end. It was that walking dead. Uh, But that walking dead has has been at times excellent because of the acting. And we we've talked about it when it happens. My favorite scene in this episode is the Maggie and Negan conversation where Maggie tells Negan, I'm never going to forgive you for what you did to Glenn, but you can stay in this community and just know that some days it'll be hard for me. Um, yeah. It's, You're trying, it's, it, I'm trying to. Negan says nothing in this scene, but he says everything he needs to say, which is exactly nothing. <laughs> uh, it, it's an amazing scene from two amazing actors. And I, The Walking Dead manages to pull those scenes out of its ass from time to time. And they have several of them in this episode. It's because, as you said, they just, you know... They're phenomenal actors. You know, mm-hmm. when we see some of the pedicure pedicures, some of the pedigrees, <laughs> some of the pedicures too. Negan's I mean, toes are looking uh, 
tight. Well, uh, tight speaking toes. of toes, like Rick's out there getting a mud treatment, you know, getting a spa <laughs> treatment at the at the banks of the so- zombie shores. What the fuck's he doing? Yeah, we'll squishing talk about hot that. mud between his t- toes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his, his toes were looking well. Okay. Now the pedigree that these people have, like Seth Gillum, veteran of The Wire, yeah. one of my favorite shows of all time. Jeffrey Dean Morgan, uh, who's been so good, and I'm almost glad that we came back just to see. I don't think I've ever seen him do anything where he shows vulnerability or any gear other than just confident badass. And Mm. the work he did with Lauren Cohen, I thought was pretty astonishing. Um, Yeah. And if you'd asked me that, like they would, that, that that the cornerstone of this fucking episode would be a tearful goodbye between a pork sandwich (laughs) and the action Barbie Uh that, by the way, I was introduced to those two when he would watch her get railed by Abraham. Yeah. On a semi-nightly biz, like the fact, the idea that they would they would get get actually salty tears out of this guy for that, I would have said you're a damn liar. Uh, but they did, they did. Yeah, it's a great scene. Uh, I, I always appreciate. Like, I have a feeling when it comes to these emotional scenes that less is more, and so I mm-hmm. really love those scenes where there isn't so much of a reciprocation of of dialogue. It's more just like a character listening to another character pour their heart out. Mm-hmm. And, and feeling that with them, but not necessarily trying to inject themselves into it or anything like that. And they get they get a couple of those scenes like Rosita when when Eugene is saying like how much she is meant to him. She doesn't say much, you know, but she lets it come through in her expression. And I yeah, I, I'm super impressed by those scenes. And, and for the extent that they do set up the next series, um, there was enough that I think is intentional meta irony in the way they did it that I thought it was funny. Like, for example, if they wanted to get across the idea that Denai Guerrera filmed these scenes in between takes on Wakanda Forever, they couldn't do a better job than having her show up in the outfit she did. <laughs> okay, yeah. Right? Faux I mean, chain mail, leather. That's that's this close yeah, to yeah, being yeah. a Wakanda Forever super suit. Yeah, it's and great. And two, the fact that like Daryl and Carol have a <laughs> have a co- have a conversation about how like, hey, we're supposed to have a series together. Yeah. I'm not going to come. It'll be better for both of us. Like, I just thought that that was like, I don't know if that's intentional, if that's just the way it worked out, but it just brought a smile to my face to see, you know, deny uh, with her sword and this goofy armor she's wearing and she's Mm -hmm. riding off into the eternal horde of Valhalla or whatever. I I thought that that stuff was, was pretty entertaining. And I also felt like this show let a little bit of the money out of the, the coffers and they had a stupendous special effects sequence. Mm-hmm. They had amazing music throughout. I think that's oh, one of the bears. reasons that it worked. Yeah. It's like he bear, like I think has phoned it in for a while. In fact, I've been noticing a lot of episodes are bear McCreary and some other guy uh-huh. where it's like, I don't even know if he's even scoring, but I know he came back. Did you notice that the, in the intro, it sounded a little bit different Uh huh. because it, it turns I, I out almost never watched those, but I did this time, and it was very different. Yeah, he he they got they got a studio uh, studio orchestra or a symphony orchestra okay. to to do the thing with them, and you could you can hear how much fuller and richer. Yeah. and I think that kind of excitement uh, carried into the rest of the score because it was like on fucking point mm-hmm. in all the exciting stuff and all the dramatic stuff. Um, but yeah, there's also a good amount of stupid shit. But I, I got to say that. Against all odds, because especially if you told me Greg Nicotero was directing this thing, I'd have been like, oh, for fuck's sake, why are we even bothering to watch? It's not going to it's not going to pay off anything. It's going to be shitty. Um, I thought, again, grading on a Walking Dead curve, 
this was a pretty good finale. I felt satisfied. I, I felt the Nicotero effect in this episode. I, I was very For confused sure. by the hospital sequence and how that all met up with the other uh, yes. stuff that was going on. Yeah. And I don't think it does. I think this is one of those Nicotero hallmarks where just fucking plaster over it and hope nobody notices. Yeah. And and none of it actually makes sense. But we'll talk yeah. about that in more detail when we get there. But it, it, yeah, it's not by no means a perfect finale. I think there's a lot of stupid stuff The Walking Dead is known for. Um, and we'll talk about all that in great detail, I'm sure. Uh, before we get to what did you think about the amount of deaths in this episode? Because the thing that we talked about how the big, really big pieces were off the table. You couldn't touch. Uh-huh. Uh, what do you think of the because the, but there were some big deaths, I think maybe lowercase B, lowercase D. But mm-hmm. but I thought this what do you think of the amount? Were you surprised that they didn't totally clean house? Did you I, I, I felt like maybe they left one on the table. Hmm. Curious which one, because. I felt like Luke, it, it almost felt ridiculous to bring Luke back at this point and then just kill him off. Uh, right. He he had no effect uh, on the that's story. What he that's had, what, that's, that felt like cheating, even though they went yeah. for fucking broke. Oh, my God. It's like God. if they brought Heath back and then immediately killed him the next episode. Like, kind of. Almost it's that bad. pointless. Yeah. Or Morgan, um, yeah. Sure, sure. Uh, I, I think Rosita is the most affecting one. Oh, but for, for, for sure. Yeah, which one do you think they left on the table? I think they could have offed Lydia. I think they could have offed Eric. Okay. They needed one more. They needed one more to make it feel like Jerry. Oh, Jerry. See, I, no, they, they need to leave Jerry on the table. <laughs> it would be Ezekiel, impactful. Although I thought Ezekiel was well done. I actually was kind yeah, of yeah. thinking in the uh, that, that we might get a Carol sacrifice since, you know, uh-huh. like I, I don't know how far in advance they knew that she's bowing out. But like since her and Kang were kind of attached to the hip of that project, I thought that like that might be an interesting way to just kind of write her out of the show. But I feel like they're going to have her back as a very special guest, probably in season one of of the Daryl show. They could. Yeah, because she even said on the show, like, oh, yeah, we'll see each other again. So that I I imagine I don't know. Like, and that's the other thing is I wonder, it seems like they're sending everybody on a trajectory where they plausibly would never come back to Alexandria again. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, uh, especially so they don't. once you taste the bread and cheese in France. Yeah, and even if they did, if they want to go back to Alexandria, they could, like, drag Nabila out of retirement and be like, oh, where's Jerry? Oh, he's off with the kids, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, Carol, oh, she's making stew. Like, you know, like, they could just... They don't have to have like She's a chasing big a mouse to sell. around the kitchen, right? I, I, <laughs> yeah. do, do you do you think they're going to keep all these sets? Like, is Alexander going to be? Are they they're going to keep that oh, going? I wouldn't think so. Yeah. No, I, I can't see how that would that would be. <laughs> There's no profit in it for them. Uh, I I would assume that AMC would rather abandon that set, not pay for the maintenance on it. Um, and book some sessions and, with the volume, <laughs> and, and then yeah, go go in and post however sloppy it needs to be, and green screen recreate yeah. Alexandria out of cardboard and and green screen. Because because I'm I I'm probably going to watch a few of these spinoffs um, just for shits and grins, and I'm expecting they're going to be cheap as hell. I'm expecting yeah. sci-fi, Siffy era levels of cheapness. How, how much? Like a notch above Sharknado. <laughs> How little outdoors uh, adventures do you think Dead City is going to have in it? 
Because that's where it gets expensive, right? The, the indoor stuff you could do all fucking day. You could just say, oh. hey, we're in New York and we're inside of a building. Well, everything I've seen is nighttime and you, even the street uh-huh. stuff you could do in a soundstage. So probably a lot. Probably most of it. Yeah. Very little. On, what are you going to do on location? How the hell would you do on location Brooklyn, Manhattan? Scenes? Right. For, for the amount of money that AMC dead. wants to spend. Come on. Shoot a dead for live or whatever you call it. Yeah. Like that's going to be. <laughs> sure. Oh, yeah. Shoot it crowded for empty. Yeah. Right. Because at this point to do it right, you also have to almost do it as a period piece because this show started 20 years before. So like you can't have, you know, you'd have to kind of get a whole bunch of shitty Ford Tauruses and, uh huh. you know, you couldn't have uh, all new. Although I I don't know that they've really relaxed that. I'm pretty Probably sure have. I've seen some 2017 Kia Sorrentos driving around that shouldn't be there. But yeah, I mean, if you were going to do the obligatory Times Square shot. In New York, you'd have to you'd have to edit out Guy Fieri's restaurant, right? Because that ain't that ain't there twenty years ago. Make sure the Broadway is go, showing the right things that they did mm-hmm. in the epoxy. But I guess that's that's the other thing. It wouldn't surprise me if they have a couple establishing shots because you kind of have to. You have to have at least one big budget. Totally. Yeah. Because if you're not going to have Times Square falling to the dead, then what the fuck are you even doing? Right. Like, it's always no Times Square. That's the New York No shot. one put a gun to your head and said, you know where Negan and Maggie's got to go? The most expensive location on the planet to film. That's uh-huh. where they got to go. <laughs> yeah. So. so I don't know. We'll see how all those go. I might check one out just for shits and grins, but. Yeah, I just, I definitely want to. And then I, like I said, I, they made it easy on me because I'm not going out with uh from a place of hatred i think i yeah. honestly i saw um because i went into the official or not the official i guess the subreddit the walking dead subreddit and there's a lot of people they're shitting on angela king and her era i think that episode season nine through the end of season 10 is if not a golden age a silver age of the walking dead where someone made as much chicken salad from chicken shit as they possibly could mm-hmm. and if you want to accuse her of phoning in vast stra- stretches of, of season 11 after they jerked her around on a spinoff project and they changed the filming location and boxed her like and 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 they they robbed her of a free hand of writing this thing because they said oh the most five most popular characters don't worry about doing anything with them because we're going to spin them off. I think she did a hell of a job. And I know she's doing something for the MCU now on Disney+. Plus. I actually am super interested in that project because I would like to see what she does with a decent budget without people <laughs> that, yeah. you know. And I know that Marvel and, and the Disney Plus stuff isn't perfect. Oh, no. But they're a whole level different from heads up their asses than the AMC folks. Who yeah, are they're willing to spend money shoulder deep, you know. Yeah. And I will say I'm not uh, disappointed by this season thematically. I, I think yeah. they, they had a vision for where they were going with this Commonwealth stuff and they landed there, in my opinion. I, I th- And I thought it made a lot like it, it. The thesis for like, you know, like when is it go time? It seems to me mm-hmm. it's like, well, you should you should try to come up with a peaceful resolution until whatever powers that be make it impossible. They've yeah. engineered a situation. It's such a clusterfuck that everything's falling apart anyway. And people got it like, you know, no one really overthrew Pamela. She just fucked things up so bad that they had to, had, they, they were forced to remove her from power. And I and, feel like and when you do gain the power back, you don't have to be those 
those people that you were fighting, right? You don't have to become them. We ain't them. You don't. You don't. The, the, I, I do think it's interesting they yada yada through the first year and they just came back sure, to sure. like they couldn't they they couldn't even write a good the the world's best political speech. It was just a tenacious D tribute, you know. <laughs> uh, Pretty fucking yeah. hard to write the That's greatest fine. political speech in the world. No, that was just a tribute. Uh, yeah, let's. Do you want to do you want to get into it, or we got some other? I mean, we spent twenty minutes just on our general impressions. Yeah, I'm I'm ready to talk about the episode proper. It'll work. Let's tune this episode up. Hey, don't shamble off. We'll be right back after the break. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back, survivors. Here's even more about The Walking Dead. All right, we start with Daryl taking Judith to the hospital for her gunshot wound, which, if you forgot, she was shot last episode by Pamela Milton herself. Uh, He's knocked out by troopers who leave him for the approaching walkers to devour. But Judith uh wakes up struggles to her feet blocks the hospital doors so the walkers can't get daryl and then also passes out on the floor next to him yep last vestiges of her little girl got shot strength she's able to barricade them in the last bit of oxygen that's reaching her brain from her dwindling blood flow Mm -hmm. blood supply Mm -hmm. yeah good for her that was awesome yeah i like that Judith continued to be heroic in this this episode. Little ass kicker, yeah. Little ass kicker saves big ass kicker. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other group of survivors, it, 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 there are several groups at this point. I don't know. Uh, this is the one with Luke in it. They 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 were the ones who kind of gave Daryl the space to get Judith to the hospital. Uh, they attempt to fight off the herd in the lower ward. Luke in the process is bitten and Jules is just devoured, completely eaten by the dead. Got another quality. Someone ripped apart screaming like spectacular zombie kills, spectacular zombie death that the season has delivered on that front. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if we talked about last week, but the full body explosion by train. I've never seen an, I've never seen a yeah. zombie hit by a train. I'm just I've never did, seeing that scene just made me disappointed. It, it made me retroactively disappointed because we couldn't drive it through a whole herd. Yeah. Why? Why? You got a train. You got one of the most powerful vehicles on the planet. Use it yeah. to plow over some some walkers. Yeah. I give them know. enough budget to do the big explosion in this episode and them driving through a herd on the train. Yeah, that would have been that I, right? I would have been super satisfied, but. It's okay. The explosion was cool. Uh, yeah. I thought it was wild that like when Jules got like, oh, well, that makes sense. But then his leg got bit and I'm like, oh, 
Uh-huh. Uh okay, this is like first five minutes of the episode. We're we're getting some we're 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 putting some <laughs> names at risk. But but they just let him they just let him turn. They just let him bleed out. Like you can't forget that Lydia was bit last episode on the arm. No, they did take his arm they took his leg off. It just didn't work. It they, didn't they had, work. He was yeah. When they, the they pan up his, he's he's missing. He's missing his leg from the from the uh, knee down. Did he just die of blood loss? Then they have like a bone saw, bloody bone saw in his lap, and yeah, I think he just dies of blood loss. How does Lydia not die of blood loss in a fucking Dude, RV in the middle really of a good, herd? That's a really good question. But no one had the in a hospital. Yeah. yeah. Well, but they did. I know they took all, supply, all the materials. Yeah. No one had a belt on apparently. <laughs> yeah, they used the last belt on Lydia. Yeah. He's just in poor physical condition overall. This is probably true. Yeah. Uh, so Daryl wakes up to find the survivors patching all of their wounds. He's been patched up. Uh, Carol tells him that the medicine and doctors are gone, taken by Pamela to her gated community, the estates. Uh, Daryl wants to go there, but Carol says they're waiting to see if they can get Mercer to let them in. The only people who've ever cared about Luke watch him die. I think it's conspicuous that it's like literally just Connie, Kelly, Magna, Yumiko standing around him. Right. And nobody else cares. And they I have not seen so much made from so little since Maggie saw her daughter, her, her sister dead. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. These people were losing their shit in a way that I, I didn't get caught up in this one. But I, I almost did. And what was I what I thought what I thought saved it. Is they kept on cutting back to Carol and Daryl, who I think mm. you're supposed to understand feel bad, but don't know, like, are letting them have their moment. But it came off to me, like, when they're sharing glances at each other, like, they're like, this is a bit much, right? For, for, <laughs> yeah. Professor, for, for Professor Luke? Uh-huh, for a guy who spent the, violin, the season on the bench. The Stradivarius yeah. guy? Like, eh, I don't know. It's, it's like, and I, every time I cut to, like, Carol kind of, like, half rolling her eyes or something, I'm like, that's pretty funny. It's pretty I think you're trying to remember who he even is. Because <laughs> these people haven't seen him in ages, right? Like, he went to it's, Oceanside two seasons ago. It's uh, been since the midpoint in season nine, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So they probably don't even remember him. They barely yeah. spent time with him anyway. Uh, yeah. So, so Daryl... It gives Judith a blood transfusion, which is interesting. And then they hear a struggle outside and go to check it out. Uh, the other thing I'd like, um, I, I love bagging on Magna and I want to do it another, at least two more oh, times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What is with her off menu zombie stick that she gives to Luke? Did she even stab him or did she fake stab him as a joke? Because they pass her the knife and she takes mm-hmm. the knife and I thought she's going to oh, jab at the base of the skull or side. It goes off camera and she just I, did. She slit the back of his neck. I don't know what she actually does. I don't know that I yeah. saw brain penetration happen here. You definitely don't see it. I'm think I think it's implied that she put it through the base of his skull into his brain. I think but she I, fucked it up as a joke. Maybe because she's maybe. a piece of shit. It's Magna. She's a huge piece of shit. Yeah. I also like when they handed him that bloody harmonica, I would have paid good money if he'd have done like the sickest run around harmonica uh, solo blues traveler style. If he just, just starts just wailing on that thing or, or he tries to play it and it just shoots blood through it. It just <laughs> sprays the bubbles of blood uh-huh. coming out. Then yeah. Yeah. That would have oh, been man. amazing. Uh, they're going to promise to keep the music alive for the music, man. I forgot uh-huh. that was his whole shtick. Me too. 
Yeah. Uh, Daryl, man, what are you doing? I'm pretty sure you shouldn't give a blood transfusion standing up. That seems like a bad a recipe for disaster. Well, that's like uh, they're they're biting a little hard on the lost thing. This just gave me big Jack vibes, you know, where he's got okay. the what the hell did he do? He gave a he did gave a blood transfusion with uh uh what do they call those spiny fish? An urchin. Yeah. He's he used urchin. an urchin spine to give a blood transfusion. Uh-huh. So not all the medical supplies were gone, by the way. There was some surgical tubing and uh, uh, yeah. some IV needles that they missed in their inventory. But yeah, uh, we found out that Daryl in the last episode of the show is O negative. Right. And I love because like, I'm like, OK, this is interesting because <laughs> he's like, you know how to do this here. Let me and, and like, how the hell do you? And then he explains that Merle used to sell his blood. And I'm like, well, of course he did. <laughs> a fucking course he did. Amazing. Amazing. I just found that hilarious. Yeah, the older so brother Merle forcing Daryl to, to spill his blood into a into what? Probably old beer Meth. cans. I don't know. Or, oh, oh, I thought you meant what they're actually <laughs> going to put it into. But it's like, yeah, he's he's doing it all for the meth or whatever. Oh, yeah. yeah. Lot lizards. His... I don't know what young Merle was into. All kinds of stuff. Uh, yeah, that was hilarious. So so they hear that story outside. They go to check it out. Uh, and then we go over to Mercer who paces in his cell and then Princess and Max show up and bust him out. And they load up their weapons as the herd approaches. Uh, they find out that Aaron and Lydia are in that herd. And they th- those two rejoin the group and they all head out to the hospital. I liked the... Uh... Cause like when Max runs up to him and hugs him first, and I'm like, I guess that's fair. He's the she's the sister, and she's just the new girlfriend. But then Princess mm-hmm. like gives him a hug, like a fucking wave rolling in from the ocean. It's just like full yeah. on spider monkey arms, legs. Uh, it almost knocks him off his feet. I thought it was pretty. <laughs> that's pretty cute. It is, yeah. And we need to take note that the the regrouping is happening at the hospital here, and everybody yeah. because of this next scene, we'll see that Gabriel, Rosita, and Eugene are going to head to the hospital too. Um, and that's where things get shaky, but, uh, do, do you have anything to, to say about Gabriel, Rosita and Eugene, um, finding Coco and just sort of grabbing her and heading back to the hospital? Um, I mean, how excited did you get when you realize they're at the children's home and the zombies might be, you might, there's a, they, they were, they were teasing zombie throughout this oh, episode. Yeah. Yeah, no, no sound baby to be found. I thought this was pretty effective. Um, I thought it was weird. Like Gabe was really laid back this whole episode. Like mm-hmm. they get in there and like the zombies are everywhere eating stuff. And only Rosita is like, oh, my God, my babe. Gabriel is just kind of like, meh, I'll let her run off. And me and me and Eugene will just stick some zombies casually in the back of their or their head. She comes in there like one woman army mode, just yes. like Terry. I love like, that. Just John Wick and everybody. There's this poor baby that's underneath a, a baby pin. I don't know how the hell this happened. There's a zombie in its face. Mm-hmm. I don't. Uh, speaking of rest in peace, R.I.P. to this kid's hearing because <laughs> uh-huh. Rosita's like letting off a, 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 a dozen shots like three inches from this kid's skull. But she saves the baby, and I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah. No, I, I think it would have been sad if Coco died. Coco doesn't deserve it. When did Eugene become a one man killing machine? It's like they put this suit on him. Yeah. And I don't know which headline to go with plump fiction or John (laughs) prick. 
<laughs> Either way, he is a stone cold killer in this suit. Uh huh. No, he's a badass. <laughs> What'd you like better? Would you go with Plump Fiction or I, John Prick? I, I think I, I like Plump Fiction. Plump Fiction? Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> That's a pretty good one. Uh, um, so Judith wakes up in the hospital. She's super worried about dying because her mom went to find Rick and she wants family to get back together. Uh, it's short lived though. Cause she quickly passes out again. Um, Rosita's group. Did you want to talk about that scene or like, uh, just, just her, that her uh, I, I want to point out to Daryl. No, but I did want to point out Daryl doing the Shane strategy. From the first episode, for you know, the pilot episode where he barricades Rick into his his suite. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's funny that he does that, and then thirty seconds later has to rapidly undo it all. But it, yeah, right. they got they got the reference in. I respect that. No, I was worried that he was just going to leave her there for like a long time while they were off taking the Commonwealth over. I'm like, at the end of this, not... six weeks later, it goes back uh-huh. to you know she's the flowers super skinny are and dehydrated. Yeah. yeah, she's stumbling around in a nightgown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um this is a rosita's group is out back of the hospital with a busted ride carol says they have to go so daryl parks judith in a room locks the door and then they try and keep the herd out but they're everywhere um and one of the herd one of these smart walkers uh breaks the window with a rock and they flood in so they retreat out the back where Rosita and Gabriel and Eugene are going to extraordinary lengths to escape the walkers through a second story window. Uh, I, I really love the, the thing, you know, aside from locking Judith in a room and having to immediately undo that, I, I really love that they have conveniently picked up some random stragglers so that somebody can be eaten in this scenario, but not anybody we care about. Yeah, I have uh, another nameless survivor goes down in the foyer. It's like, right? And I'm pretty sure they weren't even with the group until this episode. And then, I don't know, suddenly they show up. Um, yeah, there's like 50,000 people that they could pick up in this town. It's not a not no true. big deal. Um, here's the, the, the thing. You mentioned the zombie being smart, but mm-hmm. wasn't that also a callback to the Guts episode where you had one zombie in the crowd that had a, a rock in its hand and that's how they got into the department store. I, yes, but they've they've reintroduced the concept or or I should say fresh uh, introduction. Yeah. They're they're it's not a reintroduction, it's just like a whole new wrinkle to walkers lately mm-hmm. that they're smart. So I assume this mm-hmm. was one of them. Yeah. Nothing I don't other know. than this, that's really the only like they were climbing and doing all kinds of things in other episodes. Uh, but this yeah. it's like, yeah, we had the rock and that's something that they did 11 seasons ago. So, no, all that smart walker stuff just feels like uh, tie ins to the other shows. set up for the net. Yeah, because I hear yeah. they're going to do fi- fast zombies. They're going to do clever zombies. They're going to be sure. Yeah. Uh, so I want to talk about this Rosita Eugene Gabriel escaped through the second story window. In no world does Eugene have the upper body strength to get to that second story window. In no Dude. world. And in, unless you're trying to fail, why do you let him go first? I, I have seen vertical limit. I know that it is a tear. You always let the strongest climber go first because you, you are tethered to them. And you want to give the you best fuck chance up, of survival. <laughs> you don't want them hitting you on the way down. This is a husband and wife their child and some other random baby mm-hmm. that you're putting at risk 
sending plump fiction. The guy just dubbed plump fiction and a and, and dress suit and a, and I guess I get that Gabriel's wearing his priestly smocks too. So it's like he's it's it's not none of these people are save Rosita are wearing what I'd call athletic attire. Sure, but like that was so stupid because like if uh-huh. if, if Eugene dies, that's kind of the best outcome. Like in a in a lot of ways, but <laughs> well, like Rosita I mean, and Gabe can survive. You get you get that, but yeah, she she insists on not not only just going first or second, but last. And she has Coco yeah. on her back, no, on her, on her not on her back, strapped to her chest. And if Eugene, notorious dumbass, falls on them, like falls in the first oh, in yeah. line, they're it's both over. dead. They're all it's dead. Over. Yeah. yeah, you won't have to worry about the zombies. You'll just be crushed. Speaking of crushing, I cannot believe that Rosita does not crush this child to death. With the acrobatic she's pulling, she's climbing up this pipe. That Okay, that's hard enough with a child strapped to your mm-hmm. chest. Mm-hmm. And then she jumps from the ambulance to the pipe and somehow does not crush this child against a brick wall. And it wall. looked like they, they did that in real life with a stunt woman. Uh-huh. So, like, I thought that made that because that seemed ridiculous. But someone, like, really did it here, apparently. I don't know if they did a trick angle or what. But, like, I thought that looked pretty cool. And I was about to call bullshit. Um, because this is one of those things where it's, it's like, we talked about this a lot in the final season of Game of Thrones. Don't put someone in a situation where they cannot possibly survive yeah. and then have them survive. It's, it's just a Glenn stupid. dumpster, right? It's something you can do, I guess, in the last episode of a series, but it's just something you shouldn't do. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, well, she explodes out of here, Neo from the Matrix style. And I'm like, well, you know, you hear about these moms, lifting you know cars off their kids they get these crazy sure. strength and they're protecting their children and all that and i'm like it kind of looked cool and i thought it was a neat stunt and i was really getting i, I but i but it, it bothered me because it's like one of those things where it's like well why if you why, why tease it and mm-hmm. then i felt like the show it turns out with the game of thrones reference they, they paid the iron price and like once i found out that she'd actually got bit in the scene uh i i thought on second watch i thought it was pretty cool the trouble being she's wearing 15 hoodies like she, she's wearing so many hoodies so many layers of cotton and fabric and various mm-hmm. things that there's no way she could get bit where they show her getting bit i tend to agree like That's i watched a scene i guarantee a walker couldn't bite through one hoodie let alone the four five eight layers she's wearing she's so many layers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I've often I've often remarked like, you know, a, a sturdy denim jacket or yeah. a, a leather would completely defeat zombies. But, you know, they're they're peeling dudes out of whole suits armor this season. What are you going to do? Fair. I guess I guess they pulled down her hoodie and got their uh-huh. teeth in behind her neck. That's yeah, right. That's right. There's the smart zombie. They went for the nape. God, hoodies are designed to cover those areas specifically, specifically. I no one said a job, but there was like 20 zombies to do it, too. It's like only one of them mm-hmm. had to get lucky, you know? True. <laughs> Throw enough teeth at the problem, they'll get it done. Yeah. Uh, all right, here's where the episode it, gets. Wait, wait. The other yeah, thing is, can yeah. I also... So they show Rosita Falls, and Eugene's like, no! And he's just staring at... Gabriel is like rest in peace and he's he's on to the next one he does not react at all wait no he says i'm coming and he he jumps back like he's about to rush down there and try and help oh is that oh i thought he just was like unless he's talking to jesus and saying i'm coming (laughs) (laughs) 
might be. He might be proved that he's not. No, I, I thought uh-huh. he, I didn't see that he's saying I'm coming. I thought he just like took a step from the window and was like going on. Like, ah, well, yeah, oh. she didn't make it. <laughs> She's done. She didn't wow. make it. I'm going to be starting, I'm going to be starting the off season unattached. No kids, no mm-hmm. women. Gabriel's single and he's ready to mingle. <laughs> uh, but no. Yeah, I, I think he was going to help her. Uh, here is where the episode gets really rough for me. Um, a lot of rough ground to run over here because everyone is just somehow at a train depot outside of the estates now. Like there last we knew the group inside the hospital was headed out the back to where Rosita is. And that area is entirely overrun with walkers. We never see them escape the hospital. They're carting Judith on a fucking gurney. Uh, Mercer is inbound for the hospital, but we have no okay. idea when or how he gets there. I think you're supposed to understand that that loading docks is the back of the hospital. It's the receiving area of the hospital. And it hasn't been surrounded by zombies. This, the front and sides are surrounded, but the rear the has not been surrounded up against yet. a train track? Is it a train track? Yeah, there's I a train thought it was track just, there. It looked like loading docks to me, like, you know, where you'd, you'd get your, you know, hospital mask deliveries and stuff. I saw overgrown train tracks that, that they're mm. walking on. Um, a, lot, a lot of those on the sets of The Walking Dead. I mean, but, if that's the implication, then why? Rosita says we're in the back. We're in the back alley of the hospital. So this butts up against not only. How many backs are there to the hospital? Exactly. The beast with 12 backs, this hospital, apparently. I mean, you've seen a lot of hospitals. They are designed where there's multiple entrances and they're not exactly like saltine cracker boxes. You know, they can have interesting shapes and fun. but yeah i mean i but, do you but how did rosita and and eugene and gabriel get there like they don't know where everybody's headed right they're just in the back of the hospital or waiting for like, them to so get you're back in the there. back of the hospital right like a second before they're about to go to the state aaron and lydia come shambling up out of the dead like that's the other thing this is gut situation's gone way too far oh yeah yeah yeah, everybody just kind of magically shows up at the right time, and then everybody mm-hmm. else being in uh, everybody else being in the gate. I thought that was kind of cool, but but yeah, I, I'll I'll give you that. It is a little fuzzy. The geography. Yeah, I thought super fuzzy, and then they don't even try. It, it's not like they they make an effort with a line of dialogue or something to say like meet us around the other back. Yeah, they just they just expect you to kind of say, I guess everybody got there. If I'm being charitable, someone pointed out, I think I got this Reddit a couple weeks ago, that some uh, there's someone internally in The Walking Dead made like a map of the Commonwealth where it has like, here's the estates and here's the lowers and here's the hospital and here's Father Gabriel's church and here's like all the different locations and how they're related. And maybe the mm-hmm. production staff, like the Nicotero knows this area so well that they feel like they don't. You know, it's like it's like sometimes people are really hard explaining concepts of stuff they know really well because they don't know like how to break yeah. it down or like the, I, and maybe that's it. But like that's still pretty fucking bad. Like that's that's why you have you know people that supervise continuity and you know are checking that kind of thing. Just sort of like, hey, did did we tell the people what they need to know to enjoy this episode? Yeah, and I mean the ninety percent of the way there, but uh, that other ten percent I feel is important. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so they're all. Um, out back the hospital, I guess, uh, where the walkers apparently haven't found this back yet. Uh, Mercer's group loads up weapons and ammo as his guys arrive to help them breach the gates of the estates. Uh, they take Judith to the safe house that Mercer's guys have set up to be treated by Tommy, and he operates on her while Aaron patches up Lydia and tells her what to expect with her amputated arm. 
She's really down on life. She's worried about Casey Jones. Aaron, do you care about Lydia in these scenes? I was surprised at how little I cared about Lydia because I kind of take a shine to Lydia. But like, I yeah, no, I I thought this conversation, Aaron, was interesting because I thought it was ostensibly talking about phantom limb pain. But I think he's also trying to <laughs> broach the topic of him losing his husband. Yeah. And her losing Casey. It's like, you know, it, you'll you'll it'll surprise you how you'll feel it sometimes. But it's I, I thought it was a nice little double meaning conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also the Aaron's just not ready to give up hope, which, you know, good thing, because there's still hope in the air. Yeah, this was just not the scene that affected me the most in this episode okay. by a long shot. Uh, Jerry shows back up too. I don't. I don't know if we talked about that. His not yet, not yet. Uh, I thought. I thought it was already. The, he 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 shambles in with the people from the gates. Oh, okay. They do talk. He she is. You might have in the notes. She's scared that uh, Car- uh, Jerry and Casey in this scene aren't coming back. She name checks them both. But okay, okay. Uh, I was scared too because I felt like his. I thought they might was, kill. His goodbye was pretty final. Like final enough. Yes, they did a good job of baiting his death and not actually delivering it because I I was terrified throughout the entire episode until they made it to the happy ending. You know. Yeah. Don't shamble off. We'll be right back after the break. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome back, survivors. Here's even more of The Walking Dead. All right, let's go to Maggie finding Negan leaving with her rifle. He's apparently going to go sacrifice himself to kill Pamela so that Maggie doesn't have to. And he apologizes to her for Glenn's death. And then Maggie takes the rifle and invites Negan to come with her. I thought this was good. Like, I didn't, it didn't occur to me, even though they showed this situation happen that when Negan was on his knees trying to beg for his life um, and then they drag his wife like that, he was literally in the exact same position that he put Maggie in six years ago. Yeah. I thought them connecting that dots is pretty powerful. And then, you know, I thought his apology, it's like, even he knows it's like, you know, he, he's for, in a position for the first time. He knows exactly what is required and what kind of apology he needs. And he knows that there's no way he can give it, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I thought that I thought it was pretty good. Now I don't understand why Maggie doesn't take him up on his offer, because his logic is like I think he's probably right. If they go out there and kill, um, you know, that helping without the group all helping out, if they go in there and kill Pamela, they both die. There's no way they they survive that assassination attempt. Yeah, they don't really set it up like that, though. I mean, they. How do they set this, it up then? They they set it up as they're they're pretty far away. Like when we actually get to it and they're looking at Pamela through the rifle scope. So was and all Negan that, just like, wrong? Was Negan just like I felt like nagging? the way they staged it, he was he might have been wrong. Um, they needed to stage it where they were maybe closer in or had a harder time getting there because they they just show up inside the gates. There's no indication that it was hard for them at all to get in, which means 
it may not be hard for them at all to get out. So mm. I felt like he was right in this scene, but then it undercut it later. By That's what I'm saying. Like something not, is undercut somehow. Something here. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not the emotional impact. I think that all hits, and that's all good. I thought this is dumb anyway, logistics. the idea that, hey, Maggie, you and me, we can end this. We don't need anybody else. It's like, well, that's fine, but like, if you kill Pamela in this crisis situation, what if the colonel takes over and she's worse? Yeah, absolutely. You know? Like, you just don't fucking know. Uh, you just have to start killing down the chain of power, I guess, until <laughs> you get to somebody who's not an asshole. Uh, that's one way to do it. Eugene tells Rosita that she has to teach Coco to swim if she wants her to be confident. <laughs> I'm not kidding. That's what he says. Uh, mm-hmm. He realizes that she got bit, and that Rosita got bit when they were trying to climb the downspout. Uh, they say, I love you to each other, just in the platonic way, no funny business. Then Eugene goes back to sit with Max. Uh, uh, yeah, this this scene kind of got to me. I'm so, uh, uh-huh. It was, was the start of the tear-jerking. Um I think Kristen Serratos, is that her name, Um, has always been kind of underserved and she's always had gears that the show, you know, because it's such an ensemble cast and she was such kind of a tertiary figure. They never quite figured out what to do with her, but like they gave her some red meat and she uh, ate it up Um, Mm -hmm. and even made even made uh, uh, Josh Dermott. What's his name? Josh McDermott McDaniel McDermott Mm -hmm. even made him look good. Because I was just saying that, like, the problem with Eugene's performance is it only works when he's being a buffoon. The second he tries to, like, level with somebody like Max or show some emotion, just the the trick. It's like watching a magic trick from an angle that the magician doesn't intend to. It's like you just see all mm-hmm. the artifice of it. I didn't feel any of that with this because I don't know if it's just a history that they've got or whatever, but, like, it fucking worked. No, that they drop all of his idiotic uh speech patterns is the thing this is true they, they let just, him they write him like a normal human being for a minute i wonder if nicotero did that as a directing choice it's like i look can we can we not can we get get rid of the 50 dollar <laughs> kentucky fried dialogue and words and yeah. you know using tin where one will do and just have him be a person um i don't know i've always liked rosita i've always thought she's been underserved and i thought this was a great um, you know, her trying to like soak up the fact that she knows she's got a limited amount of time and how she's going to use it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that part where she said, you got to pull your shit together. And he's like, I can't. She's like, you can because I'm still right here and I don't want anybody else to know. Um, I thought that was, it was pretty powerful. Sure. I, I find it hilarious that uh, Eugene claims himself a bit of a parent, but he comes up in Coco in the, the most peaceful possible time for a child's existence when she's sleeping and offers to mm-hmm. take care of her. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not when she's crying, not to take her off her, her mother's exhausted hands. Yeah. Not I see, to do the fun part. Can I jump in here now? <laughs> right. <laughs> so hilarious. Uh, and then Judith wakes up and apologizes to Daryl for not telling him why Michonne left and, I, or at least I think that's what she means in this scene. I'm, I, I don't know. I'm a little confused by the dialogue here. It honestly, this is a wild scene because they set up as Judith keeping the secret to herself, just mm-hmm. because she's terrified that if she tells her that, like Uncle Daryl will go off half cocked and search for Rick and Michonne and leave yeah. her, 
And at the end of this episode, Daryl goes off half cocked into the world and leaves her. Uh huh. All of your interferes about adults are correct. Children never trust them. (laughs) Never tell them what you're really thinking. They're always going to let you down. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. How can you you make this be part of the episode and have her be completely abandoned? She has no she has no parents or parental figures left at all. It's true. Uh, the closest she gets, I guess, is Gracie at this point. <laughs> yeah, got like a sister. Yeah, by default, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the the hey little ass kicker and her calling him hey big yes. ass kicker. That's really that 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 yeah that my heart my heart uh, on that scene. Uh, the Mercer sees Pamela guards uh, shooting people who are trying to get over the gates. Decides he's going to go in and help the people, and Ezekiel decides to go with him and gives a speech. So rousing that everyone else joins him. Yeah, I thought that was like Mercer, you know, like essentially making plans to take them back to Alexandria. It's like, you know, you guys have done enough. And Zeke's like, actually, and they, they this throughout the whole episode, as the survivors are regrouping and gathering up, they're always saying like, you know, we left a lot of people living on the roofs and we got to get it back there. And like, they've been saying like, okay, we got to get Judith, but then we're going to, and this is Zeke, Ezekiel, paying that off and being the leader that he's always been he's kind of yes, hasn't been the last few seasons but he's he's ezekiel again uh-huh no i i love where they leave ezekiel in this episode as the yeah. governor of the commonwealth that feels like the most appropriate thing the most yeah. appropriate person to take over uh i would just say make sure your pipes don't rust out and you'll probably be good <laughs> that's true make sure there's plenty of <laughs> make sure there's plenty in the budget for for pipe protection uh-huh. and the firefighting because traditionally that's where his domestic policy has been the weakest King it's Ezekiel. true it's true um maggie and negan spy pamela through their sniper scope but and they're gonna take the shot but before they can mercer's team gets in behind pamela and there's a standoff uh, the herd closes in on the people outside the gates and Gabriel says, you know what? Fuck this. I'm just going to open the gates whether they shoot me or not. Pamela orders him shot. Daryl orders him not shot <laughs> and tells Pamela <laughs> that they should be fighting together against their enemy, the walking dead. Uh, I, well, yeah, let's stop there for a second. I mean, this is great because everybody's got to like Gabe. Well, how do we we came to Gabriel fresh after the trauma of him being at his church and him closing the doors on him paneling his entire congregation. Mm-hmm. And now he's the guy that's like, fuck this. I'm, I, I literally can't, I cannot stand and let this happen again by proxy. And is the one that's going to break the, uh, I like that. Yes. I like Pamela mm-hmm. calling general Mercer, a traitor and him, Uno reversing it on her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Daryl, Calling bullshit on this whole situation. Why? Why? We all we all just better than this. Um, and also like the fact that Pamela is just wrong, just like probably Gabriel was. She's like, we let the pores in, we'll let the dead in too. No, if you'd done this five minutes yeah. ago, it wouldn't have been close. Right. That that's the thing that kills me. And then and then Mercer's standing there. Uh, getting all righteous about Pamela's West actions while it, the herd yeah. closes in on these right. innocent survivors. Just shoot her and be done with it or arrest her and be done with it. Kick this thing into high gear because all these people are about to die. Yep. Uh, and, you know, Daryl is a disciple of Rick and he's kind of quoting the, you know, uh, where, you know, there's, there's just, there's just light meat and dark meat now. And, uh, 
<laughs> we ain't the walking dead. I thought that was funny. Pamela's weakness seems to be she wants to get personally involved in it. Everything. She should not have been in that shootout to shoot Judith in the first place. She should not be out here at the gates to be arrested. She should be back in her office communicating with her soldiers who are out there doing the work. I, I don't yeah. know what her thing is here. She's And apparently because they were worried about like uh, it is, you know, you talk about that. They didn't really tie everything into a bow. Uh, they mentioned that like, oh, Mercer can get us in without a fight. It'd be nice to see how they did that. Because because you're right, Maggie and Negan get in, no problem, mm-hmm. uh, take this sniper position. Mercer just rolls up with a full-on squad. They say they got somebody to let him in, but I I don't know where or how. Right. I would have appreciated like, a little more info. Yeah, yeah, it would have been, it'd have been, it'd have been nice to see, but whatever. All right, let's go with the second half of this scene. Pamela's new best goon agrees with... Uh, with Daryl's plea about us not being being the walking dead and, and that being their enemy and turns command back over to Mercer who immediately arrests Pamela. Negan says, oh, that's a fate worse than death for her. And they let the people inside. First, speaking for firsthand experience there. That's true. That's true. Um, they, they let the people inside the walls and they close the gates back up and apparently Casey Jones gets in and Jerry also gets in. Yep. Still, he's just he just I'm not sure how that wandering. works. I guess they yeah. they had wandered far enough away from they had separated from the herd before. Yeah, this and moment and then joined up with the crowd there. He had he had rescued Casey and then followed them and then yeah somehow got in with the group of the poor people and they were all herded. I mean it, yeah it kind of sort and of their makes plan sense, but was just to stand outside the gates and hope that Pamela let them in like. I would it think Jerry's plan would be a lot group. more personal. Yeah. 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 Like I need to get back to my group, not I'm going to yeah. join up with these dumbasses at the gate. Yeah. Like, oh, God, I want to get back. I want to see how Nabila's doing. But uh, the people in charge say we're not allowed in this gate. Like, right. what? This is how Casey and or Jerry roll. I don't think so. Nah, I agree. But whatever. Just don't think too much about it because Nicotero sure. didn't. Neither did Kang, if, if we're being honest. She already had a Mai Tai in her hand. Oh, and, yeah. You know, I think she's writing half these scripts from the beach <laughs> from Oceanside. Uh, so, yeah, Pamela goes up to the gates and she's going to let the undead Hornsby, who shows up here, uh, eat her face. But Judith says, nah, it's not too late to help. And Maggie snipes Hornsby. Jim, you got to collect some internet points because. What is a gate if not a door? Right. And Hornsby was jiggling, jiggling it. that knob. Oh yeah, he, he had he had thirty, forty zombies helping him, but he was jiggling <laughs> this knob, and he almost got to Pamela. Uh huh. It was up to Pamela; he would have got her. This is true. Yeah. God, Only we we're so close to paying that off. The angelic intervention, the intervention from above, this, could save her. This uh, fuck, fuck Pamela, fuck Pamela. Milton. Oh yeah. I hate her. I hate this. I hate everything about it. I thought this scene was so stupid. The music almost makes it worth work. Uh-huh. But Judith is like the ghost of Christmas past. Like, it's not too late, Governor. We can save everyone. You need to just make a change. And, and then Maggie just like, nah. And she just blows away Hornsby. I, I, She's not this- wrong, though. I, I So here's the thing. I, I do believe that just about anybody can be redeemed. And if you sure. want to look at The Walking Dead... And say, what's a possible path forward for Pamela? It's Negan. And we've seen it and we've loved it. You know, I I think the the 
the return of Negan to sanity, to the realm of, of the holy, has been a positive in this show. No, you're right. Uh, you're right. And she's having a, you know, she's having a break with reality just as severe as Negan's was. And I just guess Negan, when he had his break with reality, he was cooler. Uh, but, uh, but I mean, this plays into the, the let, let my mercy overcome my wrath, right? Because I want to yeah, see yeah, Pamela yeah. killed. I'm fucking pissed at her. I don't want her to live to see a future in which she becomes something other than the villain. So I can understand the sentiment. But Judith is in there preaching her dad's word, you know? I think they fucked up. They should have had Sebastian as the zombie because I believe that she is like so horrified and drawn to his face that she has to like yeah. where's Hornsby nah, didn't like, Oh, this is the, my chauffeur's son that I always thought was a twerp. <laughs> uh huh. I agree. It, Sebastian would have about. Better. Yeah. So, so it, it, but, but you know, what are you going to do when you're writing scripts on the beach? Five my ties in. Right. <laughs> I think they spilled uh, my cash, cash in, and then you know she had to get a million dollar buyout of that show run when they when they switched the show, you know, from Atlanta, Georgia to Paris, France. She probably got a fat payout from you know sure. that contract getting dissolved. So Yeah, she probably got a a villa or something in France. I don't know. <laughs> well then she should have just done the show. She's going to get a villa in France. Oh, that'd be funny if she took the severance money and bought a giant house right where they're filming. <laughs> sure. She's got, uh, she got, she, 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 she going to be like Maggie just with with uh, uh, who's running. Who's is it? Is it uh, Gimple or anyone that I hate? But it'd be funny if Gimple's <laughs> running that show. She's got she's got uh, she's got binoculars. Oh, this is a fate worse than death from uh, a French villa. You know, oh, look at him. Oh, wow. Well, trying to shoot day for night. Struggle. Look at him. Look at him. You know. <laughs> $60 budget. He can't get this done. Are you kidding That's me? That's right. It's it's noon. It's noon and it's bright and sunny and they're going to this is supposed to be midnight. Just watch a I want to see how they call the correct this. Uh-huh. Uh Mercer lays out the plan for their new goal of taking back the Commonwealth from the dead. And this is kind of like the turning point for the episode. It's it's sort of the halfway like It honestly sounded like he was pivot. narrating a next time on, didn't it? Yes. Yeah, there was something like, oh, we we just started a new episode. And I bet when they re-air this on TV, that's exactly what it'll be. Maybe I would say this episode is not it's not double length. It's only like 12 minutes longer than a standard episode of The Walking Dead. Uh, I guess that's right. Uh, it's 12 to somewhere in 12 to 20. So like I, I was kind of surprised because I heard it was going to be big, but it turns out it's like 60 eight minutes or something. I wonder what it was like watching this with on AMC with commercials. I wonder if it's another one of those things where it's like 30 minutes of commercials. Oh yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. This was stretched out to two full TV hours Mm. for sure. Uh, But I watched it on AMC plus. I didn't get any of that. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So the plan seems to be to lure the herd into the estates and then blow the whole thing up, which is kind of exactly what they do. They play music, uh, living colors, cult of personality. It draws all of the walkers into the estates. They dump gas down the storm drains. One just barrels and barrels getting, and barrels. Getting money's worth out of sewers, yeah. Uh, full of fuel, gasoline or something. Um, and then they open the gates. They let the walkers in and blow the estates sky high. They, they, there's a lot of callbacks here. They had the medieval shield wall drills that we we're making so much fun of during the uh-huh. Whisper arc. That shit paid off. Clearing a path, yep. Yeah, and this is the, what seasons of the sewer sets have been culminating to, right? I mean, yep. they 
they had a plan for that all along. The sewers, the sewers in The Walking Dead are a character. <laughs> yeah, they carry the plot. The shit tunnels of they The Walking Dead. Tens of thousands of gallons of gasoline. Uh-huh. They carry a lot on this show, and they all stacked all this fuel. And I don't know where they got all the dynamite. That's like they had so much fucking dynamite that they wired into this stuff, too. Yeah. And I thought it was pretty kind of cool that, like, they designed the record player, the contact to be yes. like when the, the record arm went back and hit the rest point. Uh, now, that's a ticklish little setup. Well, I'd hate to be the person setting uh-huh. that record up and then running. <laughs> sure. Because and then they had the Blue Weevil code name for Max. Mm-hmm. They they called that back. Uh, I thought it was the establishing shot of like you're in pa- uh, Pamela's office and it's all these young pictures of her and Sebastian as a baby when the record runs out. And I don't know about you, but I thought this effect sequence was spectacular. And I felt like this was kind of a callback to Beta's origin stuff too. Um, yeah, the, the record player and the the PA system and all that. Um, yep. Yep. Yeah. This this explosion, they spent some money on for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the slow motion zombies being va- at the heart of the explosion, just being vaporized and ripped apart. And the aerial uh, uh, shot of just the entire estate just go turning into fire. Yeah. It, 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 the last time I saw. D- didn't didn't the CDC look like similarly good? I can't remember. It's been 12 years. I thought the years. CDC looked unfortunately CGI. Really? Okay. With this explosion because they didn't literally build, blow up the building in downtown. You know, like I, I thought it of looked course, a little, yeah. I, I thought it looked a little fakey. That was my memory of it, but I don't know. Okay. You, you could be right. Um, but yeah, remember, this, I, was like back, this was back in the days before Game of Thrones uh-huh. where they weren't spending $40 million a season on things and Walking Dead never did. But this no, was, no. this was a legit, this is the best thing I've ever seen them do in terms of CG, which isn't saying much. But I'll say it. Sure, I agree. I mean, this is like something out of the like in-game Stranger Things. You know, like mm-hmm. it, it was just beautiful and amazing. X, like the best zombie kills I've ever seen. Like those zombies just getting the trio of zombies is getting vaporized, like Sarah Connor in a post-apocalyptic nuclear fantasy. Like it, it, I thought it was really cool and effective. I mean, the scale is something that I think could take out an entire herd. Yeah, it it, it just resolved all plot points. Uh-huh. And let them just easily transition into the end game of the show. And, and I love the comment later. I think it's from Maggie or maybe Carol. I don't know who says, uh, well, at least we don't have to figure out what who gets your house because they blew it sky high. That's yeah. pretty good. Um, uh, and I think it's in this next scene here where Pamela is trying to justify her own actions by explaining to Carol and Daryl what they're in for as governors of the Commonwealth. And they lock her up and throw away the key. Yeah, it's such that's so lame. It's like, oh, wait until you get to be my spot and you'll have the hard problems like who's going to pick up trash and who gets to live in the fancy houses. And it's like, I. Yeah. Yeah. There's lots of hard decisions to make. And uh, and you know what? They're a lot easier to make when you care about the people that you're making the choices for. And Which you clearly precon- don't, and Ezekiel have a clearly preconceived does. Notion of how your life should be, you know, yeah. that like you've got a, you know, I, you don't I, have a sense I, of I, entitlement. You don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, but to be fair to the real world, the show does yada yada over like all the tough things. Like uh-huh, it's just, that first year, 
they blew the thing up and that was it. That was the last they pro- problems they had. It was just uh, Ezekiel and Mercer just getting stuff done from there on out. What was their tax policy? How did they divide the labor? Where did they put everybody? Uh-huh. How do you deal with uh, people trusting the government after they feed you to zombies? Uh, I mean, that's taken yeah. care of by the people who overthrew that government righteously uh, stepping into the positions of power. That's right? true. That's true. They probably but you also them pretty much. You also have a military coup that uh-huh. successfully transitions to civilian leadership. I, I I would like to know more. I'd like to know more of that story. But <laughs> well, maybe you should tune in for one of the various spinoffs. Not saying they'll sure. give you more information, but yeah, I'm sure it'll be. I want to see West Wing Walking Dead. Is what I want to see. Yeah. Uh, so we cut from the newly imprisoned Pamela to everyone's favorite former prisoner, Negan. Uh, I think to be fair, the only other people in that category are Magna and Axel, and neither of them are in contention. Uh, mm. Maggie thanks Negan for apologizing, but says she can never forgive him for killing Glenn and does give him permission to stay within their community, but says some days I might, I might hate you. And this yeah, is, this is an amazing I, scene. Cause I want to remember my husband the way he was as beautiful, kind man. And Glenn was, he was like the good mm-hmm. one out of all the group. He's the one that probably lost the least of his humanity and gave as, as much as he could to his, his fellow people. And he didn't deserve what he got. And like Negan realizing what a big piece of shit he was. And I thought JDM did a great job of emoting that. Like oh, he said, yeah. he's just taken. He's not trying to defend himself. He's just letting yes. her. Um, and like the fact that like I want to remember him like that. But when I see his face, all I can see is you beating him with that bat and mocking his death. And like, eh, it, made, it made a lot of sense. Made a lot of sense. Yeah. Amazing scene. I mean, Lauren Cohen just, is, is incredible. And JDM and, and like, is incredible opposite her. And like we, you know, like we said, it's like we did not like a lot of the things they were doing with the Maggie and Negan reunion right. plot. But all you, all, when, but but it worked enough to where you can pay off in this moment. And uh-huh. I think that's what Kang is very good at. She's very good at drawing the vaguely remembered threads of things that happened and elevating it with this type of stuff. That's what like. Whereas the Gimple yeah, era which, was right. was having four aces and somehow losing the pot. Uh-huh. You know. <laughs> totally. Yep, I agree. She bluffs real hard at the pair is what I'm saying. <laughs> hey, don't shamble off. We'll be right back after the break. Welcome back, survivors. Here's even more of The Walking Dead. There's a big family meal where everyone is enjoying their victory and the company of each other. Yumiko toasts Luke and <laughs> Carol. Everybody who doesn't give a shit about Luke is like, <laughs> I think it's a mistake to cut to Maggie in that moment when they're toasting Luke because she's been gone for half the time Luke was even yeah. party of any of their communities. She just fucked off. And yeah. he's been living in Oceanside for so long that even once she came back, she didn't know who he was really. Right. Cut to somebody who matters in that moment. Um, Negan walks by outside the window and nods to Daryl. You get the impression that maybe he's leaving. Maybe. I don't know. Um, he's preparing to, for sure. Preparing gives... to. It'll take him a year, maybe. But yeah. Uh, Magna and Yumiko have become a couple again, I think. Oh, my notes just say, no, <laughs> don't do it. Me, You can do better. You so can do much better. better. You don't want to. Yeah. You, you Come on now. Uh, they've really backburnered Magna this last season didn't they 
Like I'm shocked at how backburned she was ever since since she became a waitress serving hors d'oeuvres at fancy parties. She's been a nothing in this show. Do, do you think that's like because the audience kind of didn't like her? I don't. Maybe she had some other things she was doing. But yeah, she was definitely bur- like she came on um, to essentially tell the other guy that was railroaded by society to like, hey, I was in prison. I know how you feel. And uh-huh. to kiss Miko at the give you Miko a happy ending. But like to me, this is a night like I thought they broke <laughs> up for good reasons. Man. Yes. Yes. And like uh, if I was going to do ex, anything with Magna this season that made me think she had changed at all. That's what I'm saying. Like if I and I, you know, I'm not saying you should never get back together with the exes, but I definitely think you should ask what has changed. Yes. With yourself and the other person that would make it not go the and I just feel like ah, these are people that. I don't know. They just they just survived this death defying experience. I, I just yeah, I was a little disappointed to see them get back together because I, I I hate Magna. I like Miko, and mm-hmm. I don't think they're good together. I don't think they think they're good together. But what are you gonna do? Agreed. Uh, Rosita whispers to Gabriel that she was bit, and Judith realizes the same. It's kind of cheating to have landslide by Fleetwood Mac scoring this whole scene because I think it's an amazing you know, song. It's an yeah. amazing song. It makes you feel a certain way. And like they're doing mm-hmm. a lot, doing a lot of heavy lifting here. Uh, but it's super effective. Like I just like Rosita just kind of happily as she you can see she's visibly fading. Is this kind of like seeing everybody be happy? This is the happy ending that Rick always wanted for everybody. And it looks like now they're going to get it. Um, yeah. Yeah. And a partial sad ending. Right. I mean, this whole stuff with Rosita is is it's bittersweet. She's gotten to see her family and her friends in a safe place. Coco's going to be okay, but she's not going to live beyond that. Are you now? I'm thinking about it. Did Daryl give that bro nod to Negan because they'd worked out in advance that he was going to leave and he's going to leave that compass to Judith? And he because because like they almost did the opposite of setting up a Maggie Negan thing. Negan yeah. left the community because he got from that conversation. Maybe I'd be welcome to stay here, but like it would be unconscionable for me to do so. I don't know what he does with his pregnant right. wife wandering the <laughs> wastelands, but he's 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 had a wife I, yeah. in a bad condition in the wastelands before. So that's maybe, maybe the one thing they should have given us a clue to. But I'm, I'm appreciative that they didn't really go hard on setting up the Maggie, Maggie Negan spinoff here because it would have just been yeah. laborious for me. Yeah, but I wonder if that's like, so why, why does, so Negan takes off and Maggie goes to find him to say, hey, actually, it's cool. I, I, I like, I, I bet have they have already no... shot the opening scenes uh, that they need in the Commonwealth for that next spir- uh, series spinoff. You and so? some of it will, that's what the beginning of that show will be. Okay, because I, I thought they would do, like, I'm, you know, because, yeah, you know, you've seen the uh, the trailers, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And they've got, you know, Lauren Cohen looking a lot, uh, you know, aggressively sexy. Sure. Uh, and that her, it's just her and Negan. There's no, you know, Glenn Jr. Herschel to be found. Yeah, like climbing like, I, a I ladder. Thought, that's it. Yeah, I, I thought there would be a lot more tracks led to that. And now I just have a bunch of questions about how it begins. Uh-huh. Because, like, yeah, well, yeah I they, think they'll they're, be not, they're not like traveling roadshow buddy cool at the end no. of this episode which was what i was predicting i was predicting that they would be go through something super traumatic that weld them together like negan would lose his whole family she would lose herschel and then they're on some kind of vengeance mission 
But no, I yeah, there's no there's literally no track to to put that that train on. So good. Yeah, I, I mean it, it it takes at least a year for Maggie to to leave the community, right? She she says she right. wants to go explore the larger world, but that's not until the the memorial of Rosita's death. So so maybe we should get to that. Um the group puts Rosita down like a beloved pet with a terminal illness. Uh, Gabriel prays over her and Eugene thanks her for making him the man he is today, which is admittedly a much better man than he was when this all started. It is wild that Eugene is the one that gets the last moment with her, not her husband. Yeah. Not her daughter. The, 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 the rolling roast beef sandwich comes up and be like, (laughs) Hey, Rosita, remember how I used to creep on you and Abraham when you're having sex? Mm-hmm. Kind of got off to it. Boy, we've gone. We we gone a long way since then, haven't we? <laughs> and she's like, "Can yeah. I just die in peace?" I was so close, Eugene. Right? No, she says the opposite. I'm glad it was you in the end. What? <sighs> yeah, that didn't make any sense. I guess I, she I always like the- knew he'd be the death of her. That's that's what makes sense there. Yeah, but I I I gotta say, I was like, ever since like I was pretty much a mess ever since Fleetwood Fleetwood Mac started their their shit mm. and. Uh, I thought Carol and Maggie, like being the one, the two moms kind of, you know, uh, I guess Carol and mom emeritus at this point, um, ushering in her to bed with her with Coco mm-hmm. and then Gabriel giving her last rites. I thought that was pretty, which kind of amused her, which I thought that was appropriate. And then him leaving her with I'll see you again some way someday, which is like shows that he has come a full circle with his faith. Uh, and I do she feel gets like to die this- peacefully, you know, that's a, that's a win in this world. Surrounded by people that, that love you. Yeah, and I guess that's the thing. She has like the most connections in this group, right? Because I'm thinking about the other people who who have loved ones in the community here. Carol's got like nobody but Zeke uh, and Daryl, rather. Um, okay, yeah. But but Rosita has Gabriel and Daryl and the baby. Uh, sorry, not Daryl. Gabriel, Eugene, the baby. Uh I guess Maggie, she was part of her community for a, a long while. So yeah. Maggie cares, I suppose. Um, everybody else is like, I'm just trying to think, is there anyone who's more appropriate to have this loving send off for? I think the answer is no. I think Rosita makes the most sense here. Cause I couldn't really see it for, for Carol. It'd just be Daryl bedside, like ready for the knife. Yeah. You ready? Yeah. I, no, I think I think Carol Daryl would have been powerful because, you know, you could have had so many people coming in and crying over Carol. You could have had Eugene. I mean, not Eugene. You could have had Ezekiel. You could have Judith. You could have Maggie. You could have Daryl. Um, I guess know, she's Maggie and to, yeah, Maggie and Carol haven't. I guess they've had scenes together and they've been pretty good scenes, but it's mostly like Carol telling who, Maggie things she needs to hear. Out of all the people they could have killed, this is probably uh, the best combination of his, history, acting chops, and value in terms of peace on the chessboard. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And she was a fucking hero throughout the whole episode until she died. Like, she got to do some of the most badass shit, got to do a lot of cool stunts, got to save her child with her sheer mom strength. I mean, it's a pretty good way to go out. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh... We jump forward one year later. Eugene commemorates the anniversary of Rosita's death by the fountain dedicated to all of their lost friends. He and Max apparently have a child named Rosie. Uh, That's the real memorial. 
the child hey named after rosita okay yeah i guess i didn't get that she was named rosie make that connection bro. No, that's I a completely didn't. different name distinct from rosita <laughs> right <laughs> well, this is eugene speaks in riddles and code i, <laughs> I could possibly <laughs> figure that one out uh ezekiel is the governor and mercer is lieutenant governor and i really like this uh uh, all the, the big speech he gives to the crowd, which we only see like the tail end of. But yeah, like I said, it's the tribute right. version of the greatest political uh-huh. speech that can accurately sum up the last year of history of the Commonwealth. And but but you've got, you know, a guy who I, I, I OK, we can talk about how, you know, he the, he let the plumbing destroy his entire kingdom. But mm. he's also the man who deeply cares about the people that he is he does. serving. But with his leadership and backs and, it up. And, yes. At every turn. And I think he's the perfect guy to be governing here. Um, Mercer. I, I wonder what the, he's the, also such, I was thinking about the political ramifications of like, mm-hmm. he is your governor and under your old system, he would have died as refuse on the, because no one, they, they had to pull massive strings and, and Carol had to play dirty games to get him to the front of the medicine line. Because he mm-hmm. was in the poor category. I just think it's like, you know, like what better person to like usher in this new, more fair, egalitarian system than a person like look how good, great a government. I wouldn't even have made it on the old, you know, the Pamela Milton Commonwealth and how many other people have yeah. been left behind. And no one's going, I, yeah, it's like it works. Yeah. I'm surprised they didn't write a better speech because I think, I, I, I guess I just want to see Gary Payton knock it out of the park one more time. Is that his name? Yeah. Car- Kari. Carrie, Carrie Payton. With an Carrie. H. Yeah. Um, And then Mercer as his lieutenant governor, it just feels right. He's another guy mm-hmm. who deeply cares about uh, justice and the people that he's serving. And, and probably he being, knows how it can go not wrong. A great, not a great politician, but like Ezekiel's right. going to groom him along and he'll be the next generation. Because, you know, Gene's getting up there. Ezekiel's getting up there in years and... Mm-hmm. To cancer survive. So like I yeah, it's like you feel like the Commonwealth is in good hands leadership wise. Yes. And Carol is the dirty tricks person. Uh-huh. She's the she's ambassador, the I would say. <laughs> she's but she's a real fixer now. Not a fixer uh-huh. for mil- but she's like fixing the things wrong in the community that need fixing. Totally. Um and Daryl has chosen to live outside the community, I guess, as a frontiersman. I I think, unless he's living in Alexandria and and she's just calling it the frontier. I think that's um, the implication, yeah, that they've got the more rustic Alexandrians. And he probably is out patrolling, looking for herds. The same shit he's been doing for seven yeah. seasons now. Uh, and Connie's happy working in the administration in some capacity. We don't really I know what her title is. I think she's a journalist is. still, because she says, I'm keeping the administration honest. That's a tr- that's her traditional okay. journalist role. And she sure. looks super cute in her little medicine woman dress. <laughs> uh, yeah, so she's and- running the, the Commonwealth Times or whatever. Yeah, I thought she was like, you know, kind of like notice me <laughs> a little bit. And Daryl's like, nope, got to get on my next nope. series. I don't I don't do no romance, man. Uh, you said there's some there's some kind of line. I assume it would be here if there was a goodbye for dog, but I didn't hear it. Uh, somebody said, yes, the dog dog showed up in the house when they were all listening landslide. He was like, you know, hopping okay. around, getting treats out of people's hands. The dinner party. I think, yeah, somewhere. I think somewhere here, uh, when, whenever he says goodbye to the kids is when they talk about they'll watch dog. Then why? 
Why isn't Daryl take dog with him? I feel like hmm. they can't afford dog budget. Can't sure. afford snossage. The, 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 the snossage, the below the line number for snossages on this show yeah. got it's out zero. of control. It's zero yeah. at this point. <laughs> um, Judith gets a pocket watch from Negan with her initials engraved on it. Oh, it's a compass. It's the one. So you remember this when he no. broke out of prison and he snuck into the Grimes house and like creep through all their stuff. This is the compass that had her initials carved on. It. He stole out of her room before he went on the lamb. Really? Wow. And I, yeah, I, and I guess he's that. held on to this this whole time as a m- memory of, you know, her in- inherent goodness and her father's goodness. And, and it's Carl's been real, goodness. Yeah. Been nice if they'd have had that in the series at all. So that at first glance, you didn't have to look it up. It's like, what the fuck is this compass with G- JG? But yeah. Yeah. It all tracks um, back to mid episode or mid season nine. And we see that Alexandria is thriving again, potentially under the oversight of Carol and or Aaron. Um, I think Aaron's leading that community. Are, are you disappointed that Jerry's not running a kingdom of his own? Yeah. That is he just visiting? Because he's looking very regal. His outfit's looking very Renfest regal. Maybe. It's hard to tell where everybody is governing from uh, yeah. or over because everybody is kind of moving around and visiting and yeah. saying goodbyes as they're leaving to go on other missions. And yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Maggie says she wants to go explore the larger world and Daryl's going to leave and he says goodbye to Carol and what's left of the Grimes family promising to bring back any signs he finds of Rick or Michonne. And he gives Carol one last hug and says, I love you. Just like your mom and dad all promised to eventually come back. Right. This right. is your worst nightmare that you just articulated to me a year ago at your most vulnerable point and is now coming true. <laughs> right. yeah. You got any items that are engraved, like maybe a cell phone or something you want to give me <laughs> that I can. Uh, I got this pocket watch. I just got this uh, co- pocket uh-huh. watch compass that, uh, you know, I guess I haven't needed for several years. So take it. Uh huh. Yeah. It gives Carol one last hug, says, I love you. And then heads off on his bike. It's very sweet. Oh, that's cute. Her fussing over him and kind of like, you know, do it. Yeah. And uh, Daryl, though, really undermining the stronger together message that this show has been going for. But, you know, he is who he is. What are you going to do? Yep. It's uh, sure ever stronger together. But you know what? The pie is a lot bigger when you're the only one getting pieces out of it. So (laughs) (laughs) there's that also that other saying. Uh huh. And that's kind of the end of what you would consider the Walking Dead uh, storyline as we know it. But before before we get to the Rick and Michonne part, mm-hmm. as Daryl is taking off, there is one zombie that's front and center that he steers around. He's got long hair. That is Greg Nicotero. Nice. If the Internet is not lying to me. So the old man finally made it in as a zombie. Does he? He never has been before, has he? That's been is like that something. True? I don't know. A lot of zombies on this show. I couldn't say for sure. Almost didn't recognize him outside of his beret. (laughs) Sure. Um, Yeah, so let's do the Rick and Michonne stuff, which is kind of both a teaser and a wrap-up. The Rick Mm -hmm. and Michonne sit by the campfire, think about the dead and the living as they talk about how everyone is part of a single continuum of life, I guess. A continuum that is a single life. Apparently, Michonne believes in an afterlife. Endless love. Uh, I've heard a song about this. (laughs) Sure. 
she she says Carl is literally alive out there somewhere and promises to find him. Is she talking about heaven? Is she talking about like maybe Carl's not actually dead though we've seen his body? Like No, I think she's talking about Rick. And Rick's talking about Michonne. And the concept here is they're both writing messages to bottles that they're going to hope gets back to their family in some horse shit way. Yeah, yeah. It's it's cut like almost like they're together in a weird way uh-huh. at the beginning of this, right? Because they're both kind of in yeah. similar situations, sitting by campfires, but they're it's not. It's kind of like in Five Goes West where him and his sister are both singing to the same moon. It's kind of that thing. Uh-huh. They're both around a campfire thinking of each other, and it's shot like they're together, but clearly they're, they're not. Right, right. Because um, we'll find out that Rick... Uh, he throws his pack onto a boat as a chopper circles overhead, demanding that he surrender. And that pack is later found by Virgil, right? That's how Virgil gets a hold of the cell phone. I think, I think so, because that boat is super familiar to me. Yeah, because I also think that this, like, Rick is all flashback to something that happened years before, and uh-huh. Michonne is like current day. I think. I so. think. Well. Scott Gimple wrote this whole scene and was sinfully proud about it because he's telling everybody on the after show and the red that, that he wrote this thing. I think this is a mess. I think this was really confusing. The, the most effective part was the video montage of literally everyone has been on the show. Right. But uh, all, all the language over that was very confusing to me. As I said, I mean, this. I, yeah. I literally thought that Michonne believed in an afterlife because she thought that she was gonna, people that she knew were dead were out there somewhere. Right. She was going to go onto the ancestral plane, uh, uh-huh. say hi to Black Panther, find Carl there chilling and then bring him back. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I thought I thought it was dumb. I thought like the, the stuff, it, it worked for what it is. Like when Rick is talking about all the people he'd known and all the things he's taken from them and the things that made him who he is today. Like the, But like when they start talking about how we're all. We're the ones that live because we never die because we're all one love and we're endless because love is endless and we're pieces of all, like we're we're a uh, a colony of bacteria. And what does it matter if a cell or two gets killed as long as the colony survives? It's fine, but it's just like I, I thought it was yeah, just it, a, just a word salad mess of a it, exactly. Of a it's it's it is Scott Gimple going why why use 20 words when 400 will do <laughs> like right. he he's wanting to make the point and feeling like ah the thing i wrote in the last sentence doesn't really get across exactly what i want but i like parts of it so let's just write another sentence that yeah, says no. a little bit more about it and ah, i'm close but not quite there was never anything cut from the dialogue there i he, think he always just like cool. kept adding on and adding on and adding on and ended up with a mess yeah I think Scott Gimple is the worst part of The Walking Dead. If you if we we're going to rate showrunners, oh, he's at the dead last, and it's not even close. It's Darabont, yeah. uh huh, Kang, Kang, Mazera, Mazera, and Gimple. And Gimple. Like dot dot, yeah. dot 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 Gimple because <laughs> sure Gimple not dog, only did dog is in there somewhere between Mazera yeah. and Gimple. <laughs> but the the big problem with Gimple is like you just no one could tell him anything. Like he took over that show and is the biggest show on television. Not even a lie thought he did it is the class you know like like he had very little experience but he thought everything he did was gold because he wrote that one episode that made I mean, us all so cry did AMC, when Lori died. i mean he's not it's not an unwarranted confidence like 
AMC but he presided over the, over the over. largest drop of audience and, and he's uh-huh. still intimately involved in all this stuff. And I don't understand because like I thought this like he this is the one thing he took credit for in this this episode and it's the worst part. Eh, close. I, I'm yeah. not a fan of the hospital, the back of the hospital, but gotcha. Yeah, it's not amazing. Um, yeah, like, like you said, we're the ones who live. You, you see flashes of everyone saying we're the ones who live as Michonne rides headlong into a herd and Rick surrenders to that chopper uh, outside of a city that Atlanta. I, it's it has a lot of big buildings, but it's so destroyed. I can't actually what tell. What body of water could this possibly be? Right. This is not, <laughs> this is not a, a river around New York. I can tell you that. No, much. it's not like it's not across from the, like the Hudson. Hudson or, this is fu- this like, is way too Ellis small Island. to be the Hudson, yeah. unless global warming is kicked into high gear. It's also tough because the city's fucked up. There's clearly buildings that have fallen down. It's like I yeah, I wasn't sure if it was like Philadelphia, but I don't know. Like a lot know. of like uh, yeah, I don't, I don't have a good handle on many city skylines. But, uh, Same here. It's some big city. Yeah, uh, and then we cut over to Judith who says. We're the ones who live one final time as her and I think RJ are, or yeah, it's definitely RJ. It's RJ. Okay. Rick Jr. Are looking out over just like the sea of flowers. I see they've taken their strategy from the hilltop where they plant all their crops outside the gates. I think this that, is literally that couldn't hilltop. go disastrously wrong. I think this is literally hilltop. They're back at hilltop. Oh, you're right. You're right. Uh, I like the trooper scarecrows. I thought that was cool. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I liked how we ended. I, I wasn't sure about the Rick stuff because it's like, it's like I, I'm pretty sure these are different times. I have no idea who this guy asshole in the helicopter he's talking to and what that means to be a consignee and why he's barefoot with this triple circle thing and why mm-hmm. he's stepping so lightly as a barefooted person in this beach that's just essentially zombie faces. Yeah. With biting feet. Uh, but yeah, I'm know. assuming all of this is explained in Fear of the Walking Dead. At least you know the the circle stuff. Uh, who yeah. who these circle communities are. Um, yeah, but I don't know. And then we get that, that's not the, really the end of the episode because there's a big old advertisement for the Walking Dead spinoffs. There is Dead, Dead City, City, which is the Megan Megan the Megan spinoff. Uh, Maggie and Negan, there is the super inventively titled Daryl Dixon and the super inventively titled Rick and Michonne. Right. Yeah. Why do they go Dead City? Why isn't it Negan and Maggie? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so you pick a theme and stick because because Gimple was naming him. He's just like, I don't know. I wouldn't. I because it, it seems like Dead City is the one that they're furthest along on. I bet they got that because the others are wor- essentially working titles. They're going to they're going to call. But my God, to advertise them in big, bold fonts with title cards and everything as Rick and Michonne and Daryl Dixon. I mean, the Daryl Dixon one's got to be pretty far along, too, right? You don't want to give him like a year off and then he just (laughs) he changes his mind. I don't know. 100 pounds, overweight, balding. They need him sweating in the the woods of Georgia in order to keep that weight off. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the incentive for him to come back. Like, I feel like a, I honestly, I feel like Norman Reedus has phoned in a, a vast stretches in terms of even stunt work in this season. So oh, yeah. like, I'm not like, what does he look like when he's anchoring a thing? Uh, the tagline of all this bigger and deader. 
Oh my god. Oh my right. god. Uh, and Fear the Walking Dead gets a little bit of. Yeah. Also, uh, that's still going here. on. Mm-hmm. And that is uh, the Walking Dead universe. The Walking Dead universe. They also had a sweet moment with the uh, the stars all saying goodbye to the fans, and they got everybody back. They uh-huh. got Chandler Riggs, Sarah Wayne Callies, David Morrissey showed up, Lenny mm-hmm. James, of course, you know, Chad Coleman. Uh, like people long gone and gone on other projects came back to you know just do a little thank you package for fans. I thought that was pretty. I did too. I liked it. Um, a lot of it felt. I guess the people who've been on the show longer felt more heartfelt. Like Daryl, uh, Norman Reedus saying that he loves everybody and thanks them. That that was. Yeah. I felt yeah. like that was real. Plus, they're still buttering his bread, so he he you know <laughs> sure sure he, he better he better. Uh, that's it for the Walking Dead. Are we ready? Are Are you ready, Aaron, to start the Walking Dead rewatch podcast? Uh, I, no. No, I think I'm going to take 11 seasons off and think of our other <laughs> options. And then, sure, sure, when we come back for the 20th anniversary, then... <laughs> I mean, the 20th anniversary, we're over halfway there, man. Oh we're over God. halfway to the 20th anniversary for the Walking Dead. We have, without a doubt, spent a thousand hours talking about this show. Gotta be, with instant takes and feedback episodes. and That's what I'm thinking. There was There's something like 378 episodes of The Walking Dead, bare minimum wow. an hour apiece. And then you talk about the instant takes, you talk about the feedback episodes. The hour and a half that is our typical podcast, at least. Right. Right. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's certainly the thing we have the most coverage of, like, Mm -hmm. you know, especially you and I, like, I think maybe the Breaking Bad universe might have I'd stuck with Better Call Saul to the end. But yeah, it's the end of an era and the beginning of a universe. Um, What do you do? Do you think that they're actually going to be able to keep doing these things? Or do you think these things are all going to be these are all essentially vanity projects clinging on to things that are I. I mean, it's the best bet they got, right? Like, I'm trying to think of the other AMC stuff that's happening. I feel like it's it's Shutter is probably like the number two thing that is making them money. Mm. But The Walking Dead has to be their biggest earner still. Yeah, Maybe even with the diminished audience, because what other make shows? And, and and if you are in on this, will you still be on for a limited version of something that has? like a fraction of the budget. I don't know. Also correction. Sure. There's only 177 episodes of the walking dead. Oh, then we didn't hit a thousand hours. Probably 500. Let's say 500. Sure. Maybe 500. That's a lot of hours. It's mm-hmm. a lot of episodes. Uh, and I, I, yeah, I, I, I know for a fact that I'm going to watch at least a couple hours more when the Negan stuff comes out when the Daryl Dixon stuff come out, especially mm-hmm. probably the Rick and Michonne thing. I'm f- kind of vested in, sh- in that. I'm not going to promise podcasts or even probably reasonably tease them. Uh, but if we do watch them, I'm sure we'll talk about them on OTC, our uh, premium off the clock show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I got so. a lot of mix. Like I said, I had a lot of emotions uh, at the end of this, uh, even some of the fan package stuff. Like I said, I'm a little bit of a softy right now, but I think uh, it's it's hard to get to the end of this and not feel something about it. You know, this has been... The second show we started covering, you know, on a lark because we had so much fun with Breaking Bad and you were it was the first show we tried to cover. It could have been the very first show. Yeah. In fact, it was like we just didn't release uh-huh. the episodes. Uh, but yeah, it was the very first pod. We just uh, if you, I don't know if why. People don't know. I, it, let's let's throw a little bit of history in here. If people don't know this, this podcast started in our minds as a podcast called Zombie Drill, mm-hmm. which 
we in the lead up to season one of The Walking Dead, we're going to review um, Romero's famous zombie movies, the originals. Yep. Like, we're going to work our Night way through Dawn the Day. classics. Uh-huh. Um, and we had this kind of all ready to go. We recorded a couple podcasts and I forget why it didn't happen exactly, but it's it probably snuck up on us like a lot of stuff does. Yeah. Um, and feet. we just didn't have it ready in time. But yeah, started life as a podcast called Zombie Drill, and when we finally got around to actually doing it, it turned into The Watching Dead. And uh, it is, yeah, but it's like the second show we kind of officially covered. It's certainly the longest show we've covered at this mm-hmm. point. And, uh, you know, we just talked about this on lunch with Jim and Aaron, uh, or one of our other premium podcasts. Uh, someone was talking about how we felt about it, and... This show also has probably a disproportionate amount of audience. Like it's it's hard to beat the the giant net that was Game of Thrones uh, towards the end. But like eleven seasons, and at the, its height, this was like you know uh, back in the day, this and The Walking Dead and Game of Thrones kind of duked it out. Every year they'd come back and they'd both double their audiences, mm-hmm. and it's kind of running rock and neck. Eventually, The Walking Dead, or no, I'm sorry, Game of Thrones left everybody in the dust. But like, yeah, uh, disproportionate size of our fan base also comes out of the walking you know the, the walking dead history yeah found us on the walking dead may we, not still be watching the show but they're listening to us still we we rage quit this show and came back uh-huh. during a real life pandemic and picked it back up and started covering it and now we're here it's like what a what a fucking long twisting road we've had with this thing yeah kind of amazing we will have one at least one more episode we're going to wrap mm-hmm. things up we got to open up our, our mailbag um see how everybody else thought about this final season. And I also want to say that if you are a fan of bald move and our zombie stuff, you might want to subscribe to bald move pulp. Uh, Cause that's where we put all of our zombie science fiction type coverage because in just about two months, a little under two months, uh, what I think is going to be a really fine zombie show. The last of us is going to come into HBO Mm-hmm. And Jim and I, like we, it's it's back in the old Darabont days where it's like, oh my god, a prestige zombie show. What the hell are we going to do? Yeah, it's, we're going to get the band right back together and and fight fight more zombies with Pedro Pascal and Little Lady Mormont. Uh, so definitely subscribe to Bald Move Pulp. But that sounds like a good time to you because we're going to be starting that January fifteenth is when the first episode drops, and we're going to be there from the beginning. So not taking a huge long zombie vacation. Um, and yeah, just, uh, if you want to follow us, uh, twitter.com slash bald move is a great place. We also have baldmove.com. If, if something were to happen to Twitter, I don't know why it would, but if something were to happen, we've got baldmove.com. <laughs> we're at a discord at discord.baldmove.com. If you want to follow our community, cause we'd, we'd sure like to have you along for a lot of the rides and we've got a bunch of stuff this year in terms of returning shows like severance and, uh, yellow jackets and foundation. I mentioned the last of us that we're super excited for, uh, and we'd like to have you along, keep you along on the bald move experiment. Watching dead at baldmove.com. If you want to send in any feedback for the wrap up show that we'll be recording next week after Thanksgiving. Uh, but I, yeah, for, for mainline stuff, this is it. This is the end. Any last words, Jim? No, we'll see you next week. We can do all, right. all of our last words there. Well, until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. Rest in piss, The Walking Dead. Yeah.